You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Um, I want to jump straight into the message this morning. Uh, we are in our second week of our series, Dreamcatcher, and I am very excited about today, about today's message. I'm always excited about every message, but I'm extremely excited about today's message. And uh, the, 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 the verse, excuse me, is in uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 18 through 24. This is going to be our text for today. It says this, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Hey, can you say messed up family? <laughs> You think your family's messed up. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him, my God, and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Let's pause right there. Can I say that when God gives you a dream, there are people that will try to kill your dream. You have to know how to handle that, how to work through that. Because not everyone is for the dream that God has placed in your heart. Uh, Next verse. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern or pit here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Is that it? Is there more? Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him. They threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern or pit was empty. There was no water in it. This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject Dream in the darkness. Dream in the darkness. Um, I, I, I want to say that, I, I used to say this a lot at the very early stages of, of the church, but I used to say that a quiet church is a dead church. Come on. And, and we're not a dead church. And, and so uh, you, you, have, you have every right, if, if, you, if I say something that, that God is resonating in your spirit, you have every right to say amen. The amen, it means, hey, I want some of that. Let it be, and I want some of that. And, and so I just, I want you to know that, that it's okay. It's okay to preach to the preacher. And, um, and I, I will say this. It's always more fun cooking for people who are hungry. And, and, and so I, I believe that, that your reception level is as good as your hunger level. And, and so I, I really feel like God has something for each and every one, each and every one of us here this morning, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. Sounds good? Let's go. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for what you've already been doing in, in our midst. God, we thank you for this freedom and opportunity that we have to gather every Sunday, Father, to, to worship you, God, and to, to worship you freely. And so, God, I pray this morning that we won't take that for granted. God, that we would lean into what you want to speak to our hearts. God, I thank you so much for today. God, I pray that when we leave here, we would leave different. God, that we would leave better, not just for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, everyone said. 
Amen, amen. Anyone here afraid of the dark? A couple people. Okay, so before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I, I need to just say this. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm just a little more cautious in the dark. Okay, so, so uh, my family and I, we go to uh, the pumpkin patch maze thing. Uh, every year we do this, we go with other pastors and, and they bring their families in. And what we love to do is go to the pumpkin patch, uh, to the maze that they have uh, at nighttime. Just, I don't know why, but we do. And, and what's amazing is, is that we bring our little kids with us and, and it's, it's, it's just, it's a fun time, okay? It's supposed to be a fun time. Uh, this year was a little bit different um, because, uh, I, I'll tell you why, but have you guys ever done the corn maze at nighttime? Show of hands. Yeah, yeah, it's way better at night, right? It's way better at night. And, and so a group of us, there was about 16 of us maybe, maybe even 20 adults and, and kids, and, and we were doing this, uh, the corn maze, and, um, and, and so they, they started going ahead, and I told everyone, I was like, hey, I will trail behind and, and make sure that um, no kids are left behind, right, because I feel like if you lose a kid in the corn maze at nighttime, yo, you just say goodnight, bye, <laughs> like it's not, like you're not going to find him, it's, it's impossible, and so I was, I had uh, my youngest six months in a stroller, and I was, I was behind trailing just to make sure that there, uh, there, there's no one left behind. And so we're walking, we're, we're, we're maybe five, ten minutes into the maze. And all of a sudden, for those of you that have seen Jurassic Park, the, where the tall grass is, and it just starts moving back and forth like that. Like all of a sudden, like the, the corn stalks are, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like what is happening? And then it's getting louder because it's getting closer and I'm like, it's a dinosaur. Like, it has to be a dinosaur. Like, like, it has to be. Like, there's, okay? So it's like, it's, and then it stops. And I'm like, and I'm just, like, I'm those people that, like, when I'm scared, I just, I don't move. I'm like, maybe if I'm still, they won't see me, right? Like, it stops. And then all of a sudden, this clown face pops out. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> right? Like, <it's laughs> like, it pops out and it goes like this. It does like that creepy. <sighs> and I'm like, at this moment, no lie, I'm like, do I scream for help? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure I can run faster than Sammy. And so, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of. And then I'm like, okay, I'm thinking to myself, if he just stays there, it's fine. And then all of a sudden, he steps out of the corn. And it's like this big dude. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's what? Like, he's, God is my witness. He's walking towards me. He's walking towards me with this creepy, it's pitch black outside. He has a clown mask, and he's walking towards me. And I'm like, And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear my wife, hey, there's kids here. And the guy's like, he, he takes off the mask. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he goes back into the corn, <laughs> the corn husks. And I'm like, yeah, there's kids here, bro. 
I told my wife, I was like, babe, you literally saved him. I was about to just go crazy on him. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you this story because it's amazing, like, what the dark does. Right? Because if it was daytime and homeboy came out popping with a mask on, like, in the daylight, you would be like, yo, come on, you're, <laughs> grow up, man. Like, it's way different. But it's amazing how the dark has become synonymous with danger. In fact, it's amazing how the dark has become synonymous with this idea that it is bad for you. See, this morning, the big idea as we journey through week two of Dreamcatcher is my, my goal is to help to redefine, to reimagine the darkness in your life. Because I believe, and as I'm about to share with you, that though the darkness can be horrible, that it can be beneficial too. And, and, and so this idea that the dream, that you can dream in the darkness. Come on, touch your neighbor, tell him you could dream in the darkness. See, last week we, we started this series, Dreamcatcher, and we, we looked at this idea that your dream, that God, the dream that God has placed in your heart, that is not just the destination. The dream is not just the destination, but it's also the journey that you're on. And so you, the, the dream, it doesn't have to seem, you don't have to get discouraged that the dream seems so far off because you can tell yourself, no, 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 I'm living the dream right now. Today we're looking at how you do that when the dream looks nothing like what you thought it was going to look like. Because I think if we're honest, the dream that God has placed in our hearts and in our spirits, there are moments that, that as we are on this journey of our dream, as we're living our dream, there are times and situations when the dream looks nothing like what you were thinking it would look like. There's some times when you're on the journey, when you're living the dream, that sometimes you find yourself in a dark spot. You find yourself in a dark place. Maybe for you, that darkness is a diagnosis. Maybe for you, that darkness is relationship stress. Maybe for you, it's health issues. Maybe for you, darkness is financial. But whatever it is, there, there comes a time when, when you are on this journey, pursuing your dream, pursuing all that God has for you, when, when darkness happens and, and, and we're left trying to decipher the dark. See, this morning, I, I want us to reimagine the dark. I want to paint for you what, what I believe the dark can be if you allow it to be in your life. We were looking at the story of Joseph, and in the story of Joseph, uh, he, as we looked at last week, Joseph, God gave Joseph a dream. You guys remember that? And in the dream, God told Joseph, God, God, the dream that God gave Joseph was that Joseph's brothers right, would bow down, his family would basically bow down to him. We unpack this idea that the dream that God gave Joseph wasn't a dream to elevate Joseph, but it was rather a means to provide for his family. 
this idea that when God gives you a dream, you can tell it's a God dream as opposed to a good dream because a God dream is always meant for other people. That the dream that God places in your heart is meant to not just benefit you but benefit other people. And so, so here's Joseph. He has this dream, and we read it at the very beginning. The brothers are like, dude, I don't like this dream. This dream is not edifying. This dream is not making me feel good. This dream is not giving me warm fuzzies. And so they decide, they're like, hey, here's Joseph. Joseph, he's coming. And they decide, hey, we should take Joseph out right now. And I could imagine little Joseph Hey, guys, right, like whatever, puberty may, may not have hit, I don't know. He comes up and, and uh, he's, he, he, he sees his brothers, he's, he's happy to be there, and his brothers are like, hi. And they plot the most crazy thing. They, they, they decide to, hey, let's capture Joseph, tie him up, we'll throw him in this pit, this cistern. I was looking at, at the type of pits and cisterns that they had back in this, this time period. And, and uh, they said that these cisterns or these pits, they, they were like pear-shaped. And so they were narrow uh, at, the, at the top. But they would, as they would go down, it, it was like a pear shape. And <laughs> kind of like my figure. It just, hey. And... Um, <laughs> Some of y'all get that when you're driving home. Um, and it's narrow on the top, wide on the bottom. And, um, and, and it was like, it was between 10 and 30 feet. And so like, th th this is like a deep thing. And so what they did is that they threw Joseph in that pit. They threw him in the pit. And what... What I want us to, to get from this, from this little portion of what Joseph is going through is this idea that the pit represents the darkness. That this, the pit, it represents a dark moment in Joseph's life. See, because what we have to remember is that Joseph just had this dream that God had gave him. And moments later, he finds himself in the dark. He finds himself in a place that is deep and the, the, it collects water. So you'd have to imagine that it, was, it had that wet smell to it. And, and it was, you have to imagine that it was damp. You'd have to imagine how dark it was in that place. And he's just sitting there. And what I think is amazing is that the dark has this amazing ability to question the dream that God's placed in your heart. The dark has this amazing ability to, to begin to get you to question, did God really tell me this? Did God really show me this? Did I miss God's voice? Am I really not hearing what God is saying? See, some of you can relate to this. I can relate to this because there's moments when I'm on this dream that God has placed in my life and I find myself in a dark spot in the proverbial pit. 
and it's a dark time, and I sit there, and I'm thinking, is this really what God had for me? Did God really give me this dream? And I begin to question it. Is that anyone this morning? Where you just begin to question whether or not this is what God had for me. This is what God called me to. This is what God has placed in my heart. And here's Joseph. He, he's in the pit. He's in the dark. But I want to encourage you this morning because Joseph, he got his way out of the pit. Only to find himself in another dark spot. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you this morning that, that you can multiple or go through multiple dark spots in order to finally reach the destination. And so Joseph, he, he gets out of the pit. And then he, uh, just through how God had, this, had his journey go, he finds himself working for uh, Potiphar. Potiphar was one of Pharaoh's officials. And, and Potiphar, he was married to like the first ever desperate housewife, right? Like, like it, like, because she, uh, she like, she, she sees Joseph. She's like, hey, pool boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and uh, watch, watch what, uh, watch what she says in verse, or chapter 39, verse 19. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So, so she, she, the Bible says that she tried to sleep, tried to lay with, with Joseph. So she was like pursuing him. But Joseph, the Bible says, was a righteous man. And so she was like, she's one of those people, I'm assuming, that, uh, that didn't take no lightly. And so here, here's what she, uh, she says no, and, and she's so offended, she's so uh, so mad that Joseph, the pool boy, said no. She goes and tells her husband, Potiphar. She's like, hey, Joseph tried to attack me. Joseph tried to get at me. Come on, use your imagination. And here, here, here's where we pick up in verse 19. It says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. There he remained. There he remained. Uh, for those of you that are taking notes, here, here's the first fill in the blank. You're not alone in the dark. You're not alone in the dark. So Joseph, he, he, he finds himself in the second pit, or excuse me, in the second darkness area, right? He, he's, he was in the pit. He's out of the pit. He's, he's now in the palace, and then he finds himself in prison. Darkness, yet again. Here he is once again. But I love what verse, what the end, or verse 21 says right here. But the Lord was with Joseph there too. Like, I love that because the Lord was with Joseph there too. Now, that word too implies that, that God was with Joseph the first time. And he was with Joseph in the pit. But now he's also with Joseph in the prison. 
And it's this idea that, that God is with Joseph throughout all the darkness that he went through. See, I, I, I need you to know and understand this morning that whatever you're going through, you're not going through it alone. I love what Psalms chapter uh, 23 verse 4 says. It says, even in the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Look at that. For you are close beside me. You are close beside me. Listen, you're not alone. See, I know, listen, I know that the dark is a horrible place to be at. I know that the dark looks nothing like the dream that God has placed in your heart. And I know that sometimes it seems like the, the, the darkness can devour the dream. But I need you to understand this morning that you're not alone in the dream or in the dark. You're, you're, you're not going through it by yourself. That there is a God that wants to comfort you, protect you, and bring you through it. Because if he's done it before, he'll do it again. If he brought you out of the pit, he'll bring you out of the prison. And you can know that he's with you in that circumstance and in that area. Come on. You, you can dream in the dark. You can dream in the dark. See, this morning, I, I want you to understand that sometimes the way to the destination of your dream, sometimes you just got to go through the dark for it. Um, I want to try something because I think that there's a lot of us here who, like, we, we found ourselves in a dark spot. And so we're going to try to kill the lights. We got windows here, so it's not going to be as anticlimactic as it should. Or, but let's see if we can get a little dark. There it is. See, I think for a lot of us this morning, like this is what our dream looks like. Like it's, it's not fully dark. I mean, you, you, you've, you've hit darker spots in life, but... But you're looking at your dream, you're looking at the dream that God has placed in your heart and in your life, and you're like, man, like, it's not as dark as maybe once before. Maybe if you're going through something real dark, you can just shut your eyes, and it'll be way darker. But you're thinking, like, this is, this is where my dream is right now. It's just, it's, it's a bit dark. There's... It looks nothing like how I wanted it to look like. It looks nothing like how I thought it would look like. And it's very easy that in the darkness, it's very easy to feel like the darkness devours the dream. But this morning, I, I need you to understand that you can dream in the dark. I want to tell you a story. They're going to keep the lights off because I think it's really awkward just in the dark. And because I think sometimes that's what the dark is in our dreams. It's just this awkward moment of uncomfortability. 
in high school, like for, the, for those of you that have been coming to Discovery for a while, you know that high school was not my thing. It was like I graduated with a 1.87 cumulative GPA. And, and I don't say that to gloat in it, but I say that to you, so you can understand that if God can use me, he can use anyone. And, uh, and, and so high school was not my thing. I didn't like classes. I didn't like, I didn't, my classes didn't like me. My teachers didn't like me. It was just, it was no good. But there was one class that I loved, and that class was photography. Like, I love photography because they would give me a camera, and I can go around my campus, and I could capture things that I thought were beautiful. But what, what's very interesting is that, that during this time when I was in high school, like, digital cameras were not a thing. So whatever picture that I took, it, I, I didn't get an instant result of what I thought it was going to look like. See, I think for a lot of us, when it comes to the dream, we view it through the lens of a digital camera. That if God, you're going to show me what it is, I'm going to see it immediately. And sometimes that's what it's like. Sometimes it's not. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time there's a process that has to take place. And so, so, here, so, so I would go around my, my campus and we would find things and, and we would take pictures of, uh, of different things and and we would, um, we, would, we would have to come back. We'd, we'd bring our camera, we'd bring our film back to the photography classroom. And in order for us to see what was on the film, in order for us to, to, to see the picture that we took, we had to take our film to this thing called the dark room. And that it, it was in that dark room where whatever was on the film was able to be developed. See, there's something on your film that can only be developed. I'm about to preach. There's something on your film that can only be developed when it's in the dark room. And we would take, we, we would be in the dark room, and there was a process that we had to go through in order for the image that we captured to be shown up on actual paper. And it was in the darkness that that picture was developed. It was in the darkness that the picture was able to be developed. Come on. It was in the darkness where the picture was able to be developed. Listen, we have this idea that the dark devours the dream. But I want to tell you this morning that the dark develops the dream. And that if you allow it to, there's something that God wants to do in your life that he can only do when you're through and in the dark. There's something that God wants to do in your life, in the journey of living out the dream that can only happen in the dark. 
God's wanting to develop something in your and my life. He's wanting to take us to the next level of the dream. But you have to be okay with the darkness. I'm not saying that the darkness is fun. I'm not saying that the darkness is a great place to be. But I know that if God is with me, if I'm not alone in the dark, that I can make it through the dark. And if I could stand through the dark, there's something that God wants to do for me, with me, and through me on the other end. See, I love this verse right here in uh, James chapter 1. Says this, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let me tell you what he's talking about. He, he's saying right before this, he's, he's talking about the trials, the testings, those things in your life that you just wish to work there. Come on. He said, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed. There is something that God is doing in the dark that he wants to develop you so that you can become all that he wants you to be and reach everything that he wants you to reach. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Come on, the band or whoever's coming up can come up and we can have the dim lights up. We're gonna listen, I don't I don't know what I don't know what you're going through this morning. But I want you to know that God, if you allow him, can redefine, reimagine the darkness that you're going through. That he wants to walk through it with you. And he wants to take what, what the enemy tried to use as bad. See, because the enemy would love for you to think that God hates me because I'm in a dark spot. I'm sick, so God must hate me. My relationships aren't working, so God must hate me. He would love for you to take the darkness to twist it, but I'm here to redefine, reimagine the darkness for you, that God wants to redeem your darkness, he wants to redeem whatever you're going through, and he wants you to know that he can use it, if you allow him to use it, he can use it as a testimony of his faithfulness in your life, one of my favorite verses in Revelations, it says, it says that the enemy was defeated by the blood of the lamb, so whatever Jesus did on the cross, but he was also defeated by the word of your testimony, the word of your story, the word of the test that you've gone through. God wants to redeem it. And I want to say this too, and then we're going to pray. We're going to have our prayer team come up. But I want you to know this idea too, that God can sympathize with the pain of your perception of the darkness. God can sympathize with your with the pain that your perception brings. And here's why. Because in order for God's dream 
for you and I to find a relationship with him. He had to put his son in the dark for three days. And he understands how painful the dark can be. But he understands the beauty that comes out of the darkness. If you allow it to work in you and to develop you. Come on. You can dream in the dark. Whatever you're going through, hey, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop believing that you're living the dream. You can still dream in the dark. There's something that he wants to do in your life this morning. Amen, somebody? for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.